We are back. What's up, everybody? Hello to Pat's Nation and the Foxborough faithful around the world. This is the latest edition, the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by your friends at WEEI Odyssey 2400 Sports and, of course, Andy's bottle of ice cold, stainless steel bottle of ice cold water. Why don't you see if we can get some sort of stainless steel brand to sponsor that segment and we can uh have an opening chug every week andrew uh that's not a terrible idea because i actually have a uh, brand that i enjoy that and it's not the big brand it's a same uh, same here more economical uh, mm-hmm. brand that gets the job done if you know what i'm sure once the patent actually came off of whatever they had uh named after the mythical creature of the north other companies came in with just the same kind of effective technology so if they're listening we're open for business anyway we've got an excellent edition of six rings and football things here for you coming off of dare i say somewhere between an electric if not dynamite weekend a super wild card weekend of football i personally was highly entertained i enjoyed the four and a half good games of football we got out of six. That's a pretty high hit rate. If I was to tell you 75% of the weekend is going to be very entertaining, would you have been pleased and kept your eyes and ears peeled to the tube? Yes, I just would have been surprised at the end result that the entertaining games included people by the name of Skylar Thompson and Hundley and not Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr., who couldn't have sucked any more but we can leave that for later that'll be in the second segment a the second segment today this week we'll have a little pats Paris. we'll talk quarterbacks who could or at least online websites are saying our odds on favorites to land in new england tom brady and more but we begin at house belichick once again at gillette stadium andy uh the topic it will be the dominant topic until it is solved resolved and someone is hired no one's going to get fired they'll just get reassigned the offensive coordinator position and the Bill O'Brien storyline has gained traction and steam the last couple of days. Tom Curran was nice enough to join the two of us on WEI football Sunday. When we asked him about it, he, he basically out laid out the coaching structure for 2023 and Bill O'Brien was a part of it. And he said it would be a surprise, maybe not an upset, but a surprise if Bill O'Brien wasn't a part of the picture come this fall. Well, now it appears as though another name has entered the chat, one that I've just been apprised of recently, don't know much about, but has been part of a very highly successful SEC program himself. Could you uh, inform our audience a little bit as to this uh, gentleman who has now possibly entered the picture? So Todd Munkin is a uh, suddenly hot topic in Patriot Nation. He is the current offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach of the two-time Uh, defending Georgia Bulldogs national champions, but he also has an extensive NFL background. He Mm. has been an NFL offensive coordinator uh, in Jacksonville, Cleveland, Tampa Bay. I want to make sure I get them all. I'm actually bringing up his Wikipedia page right now. Yeah, Jacksonville, he was the wide receivers coach, 07 to 10. Then he jumped to Oklahoma State. Southern Miss, then back to the NFL, OC and wide receivers with the Bucks, OC with the Bucks in 18, 19. He was the OC with the Cleveland Browns under your guy, Freddie Kitchens. And then the last two years, three years, he's been with the Georgia Bulldogs having great success. Most recently, obviously, turning Stetson Bennett into uh, a guy who went from walk-on to two-time 
champion and one of the best college careers you may ever see. So um, a really interesting background from my perspective, and we've talked about it, Brian Dable, who is now mm -hmm. the hottest coach on the planet. He took oh. Joe Judge's Giants, not only made the playoff, but won a game. Hotter he than Hansel right now. That man is on fire. Made Daniel Jones, and we talked about his background, and I loved the fact that he's not a beholden to Belichick kind of guy. He has bounced all around Miami, the Jets, the, the Browns, the Bills, Alabama. So, like, there is just this breadth of experiences and knowledge and ways of doing things. And I'm not just talking about scheme, but coaching styles, guys. He's worked for, hmm, that worked. Oh, well, that didn't really work. The team walked all over that guy. Like, different ways of doing things. And I think that prepared him so well for what he is now in one of the hardest places to coach you know the new york spotlight and the giants have been so dismal for so many years now post tom coughlin um and todd munkin now i don't know if he's a great coach i'm just saying he has a very wide resume of experiences that he would pull from and you know my little snarky thing would also be stetson bennett looks like a dinky quarterback that he has found great success with. Can he take this dink in New England, Mac Jones, and find success with him? Andy's little joke before we started the podcast was today, Todd Munkin gets hired by the New England Patriots and immediately lands an ad campaign with a local coffee and breakfast pastry chain, New England runs on Munkin. Exactly, baby. It, it would be kind of perfect. I go right now to a very popular college blog, Dogs Daily, part of the Sports Illustrated College Blog Network, and I read you some quotes, some lineage from Todd Munkin when discussing the idea of potentially making the jump to hyperspace from college to the NFL. Quote, when you have a good job and they pay me a lot of money, you have to be careful. The grass isn't always greener and money isn't everything. Now, I value getting paid. Don't get me wrong. I don't do this for nothing. But the reality is you have to be careful because your happiness is in winning. It's about winning. It's the fight song in the locker room. That's what it's about. So do Sign you think I, I was going to say right there to me, like your whole thing is all about entertainment, uh, a, a, a policy, a theory. A, a manner of being and modus operandi I co-sign on to. I also want to win again because winning does cure all in, in large part. And if this guy wants to have fun and take pride in the organization and the people that are around him and get paid and bring it all together and win, hell yes. And I'll dare say this too. As much as I would like to see Billy O come back to town because anybody but Patricia or at least somebody who takes the keys away from Belichick after the dismal offensive performance of last season. This guy sounds pretty intriguing. One of your favorite words to use. I'm intrigued by this guy because the breadth of his experience per what you just said about Brian Dayball tells me this is somebody who's got an, who's got a philosophy, who's got an offensive style and a scheme, but it's been built honed and refined. He's picked up things along the way in stops in Georgia and Jacksonville in Cleveland, all over the college and the pro map. I like that. Bill Belichick has just been doing things Bill Belichick way for now two and a half decades almost in New England. I wouldn't mind a slightly different perspective at this point. And he's a little bit on the, uh, I know, I'll steal your phrase, he's Sabin Belichick adjacent, obviously, because mm -hmm. he works for Kirby Smart, who's a former uh, Sabin assistant coach. So there's mm -hmm. some tie-in, maybe some... Um, letters of recommendation or phone calls that could be made like, Hey, what's this guy like? How good is he? Blah, blah, blah. How's he do things? 
So I, I think that makes sense. Now, I don't know how he would interview. You know, I don't know if he is a fallback. First of all, we don't know if he's actually a candidate. This could be mm -hmm. a, a red herring, a media report, whatever. Um, but I do think if you're going to actually do what they said, they're interview candidates and, and put a, a wide net, as I said last week, sort of predicted that maybe this would not be a traditional uh, search where it's only friends of Belichick and former associates of associates of Belichick and all mm -hmm. those things. This is a nice name to add to the mix. Certainly Cliff Kingsbury seems like he's not going to be in the mix because he's in Bangkok or wherever he's uh, hanging out these days. One way ticket to Thailand. Side note, could not have recommended that more. Couldn't be more in favor. If you just went through the rat race of dealing with Kyler of duty and all the nonsense out there for a couple of years and you're getting paid not to coach Arizona, buy a one-way ticket someplace, decompress, and then come on back when you feel like your mind is right. Plus, isn't that where you go to Phuket? <laughs> Phuket all. <laughs> Ah, that's good stuff right there. Uh, anyway, I would like to say I still prefer Billy O'Brien. I still think Billy O'Brien is a better candidate. But you have, I, I, you have to give yourself a net here. First of all, we also need to acknowledge there is a thing called the Rooney Rule. Neither mm -hmm. Billy O'Brien nor Todd Munkin will fulfill the needs of the Rooney Rule. No, so just because Todd Munkin is fifty-six years old doesn't mean that he satisfies any quotient. Like, oh. ah, he's over fifty. We got the AARP portion of no. Nope, he's no, a protected class. Because he's yeah, that for, age, but, of course, um, technically a senior citizen in uh, America, hundred years ago. So no, they're going to have to meet. They're going to have to meet some other that, people. That's easy. That could be Troy Brown. Troy Brown could get an interview. He's on your staff. He would fulfill the Rooney Rule requirement. Obviously, mm -hmm. now, I don't know if Troy would take it or if he would go down the Flores road of feeling like he was. It was a sham interview and he wasn't really a candidate. That's a different topic. But um, here's a nice parking spot. And oh, hey, Troy, guess what? Dan O'Brien from Dan O'Brien Auto would like to have a meeting with you after the. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I like that there are other candidates surfacing that it's not just Billy O because we've heard those rumblings about Tampa. And now that Tampa's season is done, thanks to, and again, we'll get to it later, Tom Brady, uh, his inability to even be competitive on a practice. And on a there's player. a coordinator opening in Tampa now as well. So, you know, that could come together quickly in Tampa, because mm -hmm. if you read the stories, they were sort of hot on Billy O'Brien last year, and maybe it was close then and all those things. So I think things are going to start to speed up a little bit here uh, and the Patriots need to be ready. Now we know they're going to interview for offensive coordinators because they put out a press release, which was very helpful in letting us know what was going on. Um, but I still want Billy O'Brien. I'm still all, I'm still Billy O'Brien or bust. See, I just want to make sure that people don't get their hearts so set on Billy O'Brien, like too late going to it. Okay. That's fine for you. That's fine. If you, you know, you're a grown, you're a grown ass adult. You can probably handle the disappointment. Not really. Neither. The funny thing is both of us try to present that facade. We're not even close. Nope. No, nah, it's just, yeah. The, the just made a Phuket joke. Yeah, I know. For God's sake, I'm picking a rant, a beach town in, in Thailand. You only know because it was the site of a tsunami years ago. You, you No, I <laughs> only know Andrew. quick story. The only reason yeah. I know it is in my prior podcast life over on Patriots.com. We mm -hmm. had a listener from Phuket and no he kidding. sent in an email and when he did the person hosting at the time said uh I can't read where this listener is from and I was like why just read it and he goes are you sure and he goes okay only he didn't say foo he said fa yep got Phuket? it we got yep did that got it <laughs> figured that did that did That's the math on I that one where Phuket is yes supposed to be an absolutely beautiful place and good for good for Cliff Kingsbury taking that time Phuket off list. several uh, this has been a podcast to forget. 
Brought to you by, of course, your friends at Six Rings and Football Things. And maybe uh, good, for, good for him. Too, coming soon. Yeah, I don't think Travelocity or Expedia are going to be signing on or Kayak know. anytime. You never know. Coming hey, listen, soon, that's the funny thing. You never know. Uh, I don't see that's the thing. I don't want Pats fans to just like hone in. It's like, oh, I heard a name. You know, this is New England. We like, you know, tradition. We like, you know, the singularity of certainty. We, we take comfort in that. Like there might be some other people out there in successful programs that have a different approach that may add some new wrinkles to the system or open things up in new England. So please everyone try to keep an open mind. And like you said, there is the Belichick Saban connection with Kirby smart. And there's, there's probably, I think Belichick has actually gone to Georgia's pro day oh, yeah. every year, if not several times recently. So he's good. They got a lot of good players. I don't know if you've noticed, but the place is a freaking wagon. And of course, uh, the two he took sucked. <laughs> they owe us one for God's sakes. I'm just See? being honest. No, Some you're Michelle, right. Isaiah Wynn, not so good. Not great. Their uh, their left tackle Broderick uh, or Roderick, uh, their left their left tackle on Georgia. And now I know we're a little uh, gun shy about selecting left tackles out of Georgia, but he's likely going to be taken in the first twenty picks. The Patriots do pick fourteenth overall. Maybe Todd Munkin has. Uh, some working knowledge of this guy. We don't want to get another Georgia tackle that has short arms because that didn't really work out very well for the Patriots last time. But I like hearing that a new name has been brought in. Now, Ta um, Tommy Kern told us Sunday on the radio station, he went back on Tuesday with Gresham Fourier and seemed to continue intimating that it's likely going to happen or that it's looking more like it's going to happen. How certain would you say you are to Billy O'Brien taking the job? Because I read something yesterday that said, Maybe he wasn't enamored. Uh, I think it was Bedard pushing back on the idea that he wasn't going to immediately just snap up the job because he would want to know basically what the hierarchy is or where everyone's going to end up. So how do you see the pieces, the, the Tetris of coaching positions rearranging themselves? Well, that that leads us into, and our, uh, our boy Zoe has been talking about this a little bit of late, sort of alluding to things he's quote-unquote hearing, and... He's basically hearing the obvious <laughs> that mm -hmm. Matt Patricia is going to go back to the booth, potentially as an Ernie Adams, that Joe Judge Perfect. should go over to special teams, mm. that Nick Cayley is interviewing and may be gone. Like so the, the things we all sort of speculated and, and mm -hmm. made a lot of sense um, sounds like that's what Zoe is hearing from his sources. But I if I'm Billy O'Brien, I have a pretty strong confidence that I'm coming in to run the Patriots offense. Like, you know, you've been here before. You know what Bill is. Bill will always be there. Bill will always be looking and asking and talking. But Bill needs you. And you know Bill has been um, cut off at the ankles, if not the knees, in the last couple of weeks. Like, I'm sorry. That release said something. That press release said something. And Billy O'Brien's smart enough to know these things. Hell, he has probably worked in arguably the... Um, most backstabbing survivor-esque organization in the last five years, right? In Houston, that, that mm -hmm. experience there with him taking over power, losing power, the Jack Easterby Ugh. aspect of it. Deshaun. That's snake. Ugh. But I mean, that was a soap opera of an environment that he worked in. And he knows this will not be as bad as that. And how about the scrutiny of being the offensive coordinator in college football's preeminent program where the expectations, you want to talk about pressure, the expectations at Alabama are national championship or bust. Anything short of an appearance in the college football national championship game, if not Saban gleelessly holding up the trophy, is a failure. 
and like re go to George, go to college football message boards, go to Alabama blogs. You would, the, the, the things that they say about this man for helping pilot an offense that averaged like 50 points a game are mind blowing. Yep. But the, the reason is they weren't in the national title game. Instead of them playing, Nick Saban had to sit next to David Pollock and hear David Pollock say <laughs> that Georgia now runs the football world. That was um, wonderful. And by the way, yes, it was Billy O'Brien's offense with Bryce Young under center that gave up 52 points to Tennessee. Right. Um, and, you know, Bryce Young didn't win back to back Heisman trophies. So he must have. What a jerk. Right. What Boy, O'Brien sucks. Well, let's just get it out there right now. Um, so do you. Do you think Billy O'Brien will get the job? Like what? What do you make of sort of the the timeline, the candidates, the the as you said, sort of uh, differing reporting mm -hmm. from whether it's Curran, Bedard, Whispers, whatever? Or will this end up Billy O'Brien? Yeah, I, if I had to bet on it, yes, it would. I would bet that Billy O'Brien gets the job the same way. Do I think Mac Jones can get? Like I've said before, do I think he can get traded? Yes. Uh, will he like more than likely end up the quarterback this fall? Sure. It's not the sexy thing to say, but yeah, it'll probably be a, a match of Mac and O'Brien who have familiarity. And in case any listeners don't know, it was Mac Jones who kind of on the way out the door after the national championship, when he finally put a shirt on and took the cigar that he was chomping on after winning the title out of his mouth, he helped teach the offense to Billy O'Brien. So there's some reciprocal appreciation and respect between the two. You've already got the foundation for a good relationship between coordinator and, and quarterback. Yeah, I, I think it's going to happen. Um, that just is my gut. And the one long shot I would say is if by chance he got a head coaching interview, but I haven't read or heard anything where Billy O'Brien's name is popping up for the mm -mm. openings in the NFL. Um, so I, I think he's looking for a coordinator job. I think he wants his family to live in Massachusetts. I think he wants to be back in this area, his home area. I think there's probably some comfort. And even if he thinks he's going into a unstable version of the Patriots that's a hell of a lot more stable than the Texans than where he's lived before yeah. under Robert Kraft's leadership so I don't I don't think there will be much trepidation and now can he win like is Mac his win. guy we'll see if mm -hmm. he can win but uh at this point I am going to be surprised if Billy O'Brien is not calling plays for the Patriots it looks like Ben Johnson uh, is the leading candidate, the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions for the Carolina job. Where else does Billy O want to go? Detroit, um, some other random middling middling NFL franchise level city. Look at look at this way. I'll I'll, I'll leave it with this to wrap up um, the coordinator talk portion of this week's pod, this podcast. If Bill O'Brien comes to this, as you said, not as state, slightly destabilized version of the Patriots that he uncoupled from 10 years ago to take the Penn State job before he went to Houston. If O'Brien comes back and he can get the offense back on track, give us a glimpse of what national champion Alabama Mac Jones could look like. Bring some punch and some fight back to this offense and helps the Patriots compete with the Buffaloes and the Kansas cities. And they win like 11 games next season with a good draft, good free agency period and a revamped playbook, how much shine would there be on him if he does that for another year or two before he takes what would likely be his second NFL head coaching job? He could be making himself millions by reinvesting in the Patriots and putting in the time this offseason. And from a Patriots perspective, I know we all have sort of accepted Gerard Mayo staying. Gerard, Gerard Mayo is negotiating an extension. You know, I said he'd probably get an assistant head coach title, Zoe confirmed that he's hearing that Gerard Mayo is going to get in a, so he, nice. 
could be the guy in waiting. But if he's not, if something happens, if it goes longer than he expects, if he wants to go somewhere else, now you have Billy O'Brien as a secondary candidate. In, and it feels more like the old days where there's <sighs> significant, impressive internal options to fill roles if things happen. And I, I like that idea. Now, I'll give you the one downside. Oh, man, you were. I thought you were going to leave us on a high note in this segment. I was going to say, oh, the good old days. I miss them. Wouldn't it be nice to get back? But of course, there's always a downside. Go ahead. I don't know if this is a downside. Let me just say this. The last words that Billy O'Brien ever said to me when he was leaving the Patriots to go to Penn State. Tie your shoe. No. (laughs) You guys will be fine as long as Brady's here. And I was like, it stuck me at the time because that's his guy. He's working with him. I can understand it. But he was right, first Mm -hmm. of all. He was. He left. He was a hundred percent right. Hasn't been great. It's been very five hundred since. So, but I also put it through the blender of my big brain and said, "So, so you're kind of telling me you just rode Brady's cape coattails? Like you're admitting everyone around here is riding Brady's coattails, including you, who parlayed it into a Penn State head coaching job. So you're bringing that guy back. I don't think you're bringing Brady back. So is he ready to be the reason, the scheme, the reason for the season, as they say in the mm. uh, more biblical Christmas?" Uh, circles. So is he ready to be the reason that the 2023 season is better than for the Patriots? Is he ready for that? He wants that smoke. Is he ready to be that guy? Brady ain't walking through that door. I don't think, but we can get to that later. Is Bill O'Brien the Himothy of the Patriots offense to come? That's a big statement right there. That takes brass balls. We saw some, we saw some, we saw some big brass play calling this past weekend uh, in the super wild card round. We saw what a difference. This is something we we hammered yesterday on the radio, and I think a lot of people saw. This is a big talking point coming out of the weekend as we transition to the Pat's Perry segment of this week's edition of Six Rings and Football Things. What a difference it makes with a good co- with you already got a good coach in place. He just needs to be sort of set back on track and get a proper play caller and some good assistance by his side again. What a freaking difference from Dayball to Doug Peterson it makes to have cocksure guys confident in that. You hey, listen, you went to the beach. There? You went, yeah, yep. There, no, it doesn't need to be. I think I'm not even sure if there's a hyphen. It may just be oh, one word. Yes, that's all right. Uh, what what a difference it makes to have good coordinators, smart coaches who have, you know, the big brass ones that they're ready to go to go to battle with. Like I was impressed. I was equally impressed by some of the coaches and coordinators this weekend as I was just blown away by how bad some of them were in Tampa and especially Saturday night in Brandon Staley, Joe Lombardi, and those guys. And how about those fall guys, huh? So it looks like Brandon Staley's going to keep his job, but everyone else got the ax for his horrific coaching job and terrible play calling. And people will be lining up after next season to take that Chargers job from him mm-hmm. and team up with Justin Herbert and take him to the next level. No, the thing that, the, the, the real thing that stood out to me, there was a couple things from the weekend of these games, which, as we said, were all very exciting for the most part, save mm-hmm. for... Tom Brady falling on his face in what could be his last final football game, at least in Tampa or maybe in the NFL. Um, The anti-Patriots, I watched them. They're called the San Francisco 49ers because they have great scheme and great talent. Like Mm. It was just eye-opening to watch Mm. a guy like Debo Samuel, all-pro caliber receiver, wide open, and then catch the ball and just turn up field and go 70 for a touchdown. And Brock Purdy's like, yeah, man, yeah, 70-yard touchdown pass. I threw it five. Or throwing the ball five yards to Christian McCaffrey, who gets behind it's Trent great. Williams and has a human wrecking ball just clearing wide spaces for one of the fastest, quickest, and sharpest running backs in the NFL to make to make way to the six-point house. It's almost sort of like, wow, look what happens when you get 
like premium ingredients and give them to a, you know, a world class chef. Wow. How about that? And oh, by the way, a quarterback who's just happy to be there. The opposite of Mac, who was just unhappy to be anywhere (laughs) near a Patriots huddle this season. Um, So it's what came into my mind are two big picture questions. And we don't need to necessarily answer these today. We can get into these further. We have plenty of podcasts on the horizon this offseason. But one of the things was I watched Brock Purdy win. Mm -hmm. I watched Skylar Thompson maybe should have won against the Buffalo Bills. I watched Huntley slug it out with the Bengals. And yet I've been told you have to have a franchise quarterback to get to the playoffs and win in the playoffs. And we could have seen three nobody quarterbacks advance. Now there's one caveat. They were all division games. And I do think Mm -hmm. division games are different like that. That adds a wrinkle of familiarity that can alter things. Yep. But it made me wonder for all those that say Mac can't compete because Mac is not Josh Allen or Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow. I would give you exhibit A this weekend's games where Purdy and Huntley and Thompson competed. Second thing that really came into my mind as I compare Patriots to the rest of the league, because that's what we do, and the Patriots are at home, and the rest of the league is still playing, a good chunk of them. Are you furthest away from the coaching required to be one of those teams, the quarterback required to be one of those teams, or the overall roster talent playmakers required? to be one of those teams which is furthest away coaching easily and which easily. is closest easily the co- the the playmakers oh i would go quarterback oh quarter no uh uh who are your players? i don't know <clears throat> no honestly i think if you Diggs, didn't see him tyreek hill didn't see him jalen well jalen waddle bad example he had a couple bad drops but yeah he had a couple um, several he had several bad drops and look, Debo, no, look at new york and no Hill. the new york giants look at what the new york giants did with richie james and you know, yeah, Slayton. Look, I'm open to end the game. Uh, oh, sorry, coach. Sorry. Hey, but I did a pretty good Rache Caldwell, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was bad. That was bad. But like they were able to do all of that. And look what he look what Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka have gotten out of Daniel Jones. The first quarterback in NFL history. This was impressive, you know, from this, you know, Dockers ad model, Eli Manning clone looking son of a gun from Duke. Daniel Jones and Eli. He, he, I have a lot of respect for him now. He's a, he's a handsome dude, and he's also tough as sh- you know he what. Ran the ball seventeen times, dude. He had seventeen yards. There, I swear they ran him like five times in a row, and you know he's thinking, Coach, um, can I get my next contract, please? <laughs> quarterback, not running back. What do you do? Yeah, it was like Debo when Debo was like, Wait a minute, I need my new contract. Yeah, running me before up you get. Yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. First quarterback in history to have over 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, and over 70 yards rushing. Like, that's impressive. And he gives them a hell of a puncher's chance Saturday night in Philadelphia. We will preview all four divisional round games on the upcoming edition of Six Rings and Football Things. But now we would like to transition to a rapid-fire Pat's Paris, where we will address all of the other lingering news notes and nuggets from around Pat's Nation. Thank you guys for listening to and following Six Rings at Six Rings Pod with your old pals at Fitzy GFY and at Jumbo Heart.